Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience. Ambient intelligence augments human capabilities to make our lives easier. The applications are many, especially in healthcare. Ambient clinical intelligence is offsetting the most pressing challenges in healthcare today, such as burnout, physician shortages, physician and patient dissatisfaction, and underperforming financial outcomes by applying the technology to clinical documentation. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short, utilizes artificial intelligence and natural language processing to automatically document care. It securely listens to and captures the natural clinician-patient encounter conversation unobtrusively and turns that conversation into a clinical note for the clinician's review and signature directly in the electronic health record. You just talk naturally, and DAX does the rest. DAX is being used by thousands of physicians across 30 different specialties nationwide. It has already won the Silver Stevie Award in the healthcare technology category and was ranked number one for improving clinician experience in classes top 20 emerging solutions. To learn more and see DAX in action, visit nuance.com slash DAX in action. That's nuance.com slash D-A-X-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N to learn more. And now, on to the show. From Kevin MD, I'm Dr. Kevin Poe, and this is the podcast by Kevin MD. Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, the only daily medical podcast where we share the stories of the many who intersect with our healthcare system but are rarely heard from. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Poe. Hi, and welcome to the show. Subscribe at kevinmd.com slash podcast and get CME for this episode by clicking on the CME link in the show notes. Today, we welcome Amal Saxena. He is a podiatrist. His Kevin MD article today is how black, indigenous, and people of color doctors and patients suffer in the U.S. healthcare system. Amal, welcome to the show. Thank you. We'll get into the article in a little bit, but first off, share your story and journey to where you are today. Yeah, well, I've, I've been a podiatrist specializing in sports medicine, foot and ankle surgery for over 30 years. And after operating on three Olympic gold medalists and three orthopedic surgeons and publishing 150 scientific articles, I, I, I think I pretty much ticked all the boxes I needed to in podiatry. And I wanted to help more patients. And I read two books during the pandemic. One was Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. And the other is Paul Starr's Social Transformation of American Medicine. And two things came out of that that impacted me. One was just the disparities in healthcare in the United States. And, and then that uh, Padaichi wasn't mentioned one time in 500 pages in this uh, book. And uh, so we're, we're very similar to uh, not having political clout like Asians in America. And um, then I went out a trip with a college buddy of mine, a family doc, and uh, we talked about how healthcare is really impacting the United States. And my experiences, because I'm involved with German uh, Foot and Ankle Society as a lifetime honorary member, and how our education system takes a long time, and how that affects people who want to go into primary care, and that ultimately all boils down to it affects healthcare in America, particularly minorities. 
All right, and we're going to talk more about that in your Kevin MD article, how black, indigenous, and people of color doctors and patients suffer in the U.S. healthcare system. Now, before getting into the article, you mentioned that you were a podiatrist for like 30 plus years, and then you wanted to help patients outside the exam room and make a little bit more of a difference. Why is that? Not every physician has that motivation. Well, personally, I have, I've had some roadblocks. Uh, and one of the things that my article shows is that Asian doctors are 20% of the medical profession, but less than 4% of the leadership. So I, I really didn't have opportunities to lead the way I thought things should go to help more patients, help podiatrists. And I still practice, and but I, I decided to go back and get some more skills Got went back to the Dartmouth uh, TDI program, which is uh, which has opened up my eyes even more. And so, yeah, that's that's how my uh, road started, and I came across a lot of extra or a lot of interesting readings that opened my eyes about areas that I could probably, hopefully, make an impact. All right. So, tell us, how did this particular article come together? Yeah. So, as I said, that one quote about uh, Asians not having leadership roles analogous or, or on parallel to the representation. Another article about Black residents, Black medical students are 5% of the medical school and 20% of the, of the uh, doctors that are dismissed during their residency. And they only hold 1% of the leadership roles. And I started learning about sham peer review where doctors of color start to get a little bit more isolation, intimidation, retaliation. And that that affected me quite a bit. And I wanted to bring attention to that. So I, I noticed the lack of diversity in, in my particular profession. And so sham peer review seems to be a problem in medicine. And I wanted to start looking at that more. So I've recently aligned myself with a group called Physician Justice Equity, PJJE, and we can try to help doctors, all doctors that may be undergoing sham peer review. We, we notice that sometimes when people are a little bit higher profile than other people would like them to be, they tend to become targets. Uh, Craig Ferguson, the comedian, had a variation of Bette Midler's quote on success about the problem with success is not everybody's happy for you. Mm -hmm. And and then there was an article I, we had to read for our course that was really impactful on me about bias in the medical professions in the United States versus Europe. And they looked at doctors and nurses in, in both sides of the, of the Atlantic. And they found that the biases in, in medical professionals was the same as the general population. But the difference is in America, the bias is based on skin color. In Europe, the bias is more on country of origin. So, you know, the the Swiss don't trust Eastern Europeans. They they love Western Africans. In in England, there's bias towards the people the same skin color just because they come from a different country. In the United States, it's it's just based on skin color. So these type of things really were impactful to me. So I started researching more about sham peer review, particularly minorities, the Society of Vascular Surgeons have a document that they've, they've circulated around to help practitioners if they feel that they've been targeted. One is like 
is getting help and support. So that's what PJE is, is there for, but also third party review. You know, basically, if you're getting uh, criticized or asked to meet about an issue that none of your other colleagues get get asked to, and you're the only person of color in the room, mm. there's some bias going on. And again, you know, this bias in American medicine seems to be based on on skin color. And a lot of times we don't think of it, particularly so-called successful minorities that we would be, we don't even sometimes realize it's happening to us until later and we've been ambushed. And so the, it is a problem. There's a guy, William Capers, the fourth out of UT Southwestern, who has a really good talk about uh, how to make your departments and your school, your med school more diverse. You need to, it needs to come from leadership and you need to take it from the top, so to speak, and, and, and purposely try to look for diversity and, and, and make it, make it happen. And that the diversity has been shown time and time again, it helps improve outcomes. It helps improve outcomes for patients. You know, the, the original bias that I was a beneficiary of is that I was, I was a runner in college and, and runners say, I want to be treated by runners. Yeah. So that's a bias right there. So, and then um, Asian uh, patients tend to prefer Asian doctors and uh, unfortunately Asian patients grade doctors harder. And so Asian doctors were getting lower patient satisfaction scores and they, people were holding uh, the doctors, you know, accountable for lower scores and, and requiring them to go into courses about patient satisfaction when the data is already out there. So there are these biases that uh, we don't talk about and Unfortunately, when you're a victim of, of this, it's also something you don't talk about and it's bad, it's unhealthy. And so I think it's important to call it out and try to fix the medical system because it does affect patients all the way down the line. It affects the specialty that medical students choose because some of the higher paying specialties are, are very underrepresented by minorities. And again, it's been shown time and time again that patients that get treated by doctors the same ethnicity, they do they have better outcomes. There's more trust, but even more importantly, is the trustworthiness of a provider. So have you personally experienced some negative repercussions of bias during your career? And if so, perhaps share a story or an anecdote? Absolutely. Well, this has been been a lot, so that's kind of what led me down this road. But uh, to not personalize it too much, but just to show you in my profession, I, I, I showed how podiatrists have this similar biases against them because we're not MDs. And I used to think, you don't need to be an MD, you know, it'd be like changing the color of my skin. And I realized that we are closed out of USMLEs. So it's like blacks in the 1800s, you can vote. But if you can't read, you can't vote, and we're not going to let you in school. So, you know, the AMA has closed podiatrists out from taking the USMLEs. And so I have a whole talk on podiatry, prejudice, and possible solutions. And I show how the prejudice against podiatrists is similar to prejudice of people of color. Now, you mentioned the concept of sham peer review um, earlier on. Let's go into more detail Tell us exactly what that is and perhaps some examples of this going on in our medical institutions today. Yeah. So example is you, you get called 
called in to meet with a peer review committee on a outcome that was less than desirable. That outcome is similar than common knowledge. And yet you're, you're being called out when you know colleagues have the same exact thing or worse. And now the strategy, which some of these strategies, these, this corporate medical playbook for medicine to, to hinder or, or decrease the ability to ascend in medicine, particularly in doctors of color, seems to be that instead of picking white people to evaluate you when you have to meet with the principal, they pick people of color. And again, I'm going back to the book cast. This is the same thing that happens in, in certain cultures and in, in the dominant cast. In order to assimilate to the dominant cast, you act like the dominant cast. And so, I mean, this has happened historically time and time again. Uh, you know, I know the book cast apparently is some states have tried to ban it. It's a lady's biography and history of the world. It, it resonated with me because, as I said, I, I was inducted to the German Foot and Ankle Society and I'm Indian by origin. So she talked about what happened in Nazi Germany. Uh, a lot of doctors joined the Nazi party. Uh, they wanted to keep their positions and professorships. And so they jumped on and tried to get rid of the Jewish professors and the medical schools and the Jewish accountants and the Jewish lawyers. And so people assimilate with the dominant caste and um, these, these shams are there to control doctors. If you're a high producing doctor and you're not of the dominant caste, you'll have a target on your back. If, In general, if you're successful, as that Bette Miller quote, if you're successful, you might have some odds against you. Unfortunately, if you're not the dominant skin color and if you're a podiatrist, heaven forbid, <laughs> in, a, in an orthopedic group, um, you're, you have three strikes against you. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was the statistics where 5% of black doctors represent 20% of reprimands at medical institutions. Go into more detail about that specific statistic and and perhaps some of the hypotheses or reasons behind that type of bias. Well, as I said, medical professionals in America base it on skin color. So if, if a uh, black resident had an outcome or a handoff or something, that everybody else gets, they may be reprimanded for that or called out for that and asked to and get remediated and then and then dismissed. And it's it's been going on for years and it's sad to it's sad to see. And you know, medicine is a hierarchical system. You know, the and the and they said it's hard to get the higher paying residencies. And so if you're in a competitive specialty, you know, the specialties that are at the top that are hardest to get and the highest paying, if you're in that specialty and you're son of color, you, you may be a target. And so you have to realize that. I never felt that being twice as good in order to earn your spot was a bad thing. The issues are that if you always feel like you're looking over your back, you have a target on your back. It's not. It's not good for you health wise. You know that one of the other things that I read about, which was impactful to me, is that education and income are supposed to be protective in health outcomes. You're supposed to have better health status if you have higher level education, higher income. Well, 
the highest level of heart disease in America is people like me, Indian males. And we have supposedly the highest income and the highest education level. We're higher than black males. And so that that is, is impactful for me. Uh, I mean, my dad had a heart attack. So I think I think we need to acknowledge these things and try to work on ways to help doctors, which helps patients and vice versa. It's all interconnected. And, and it, again, improving our diversity is never a bad thing. You know, I always felt great when we had, you know, we had a great department with orthopedists, pediatricians, internists, podiatrists, physical therapists, athletic trainers, and it was all a win-win for the patient. Everybody is on the same page. And, you know, growing up in, and I, I was born in Palo Alto and came back to Palo Alto for junior high and high school, but lived in New Jersey. And I was the only brown kid, you know, in the neighborhood. And we had Jewish kids who couldn't play sports on Saturday. We had Catholic kids who couldn't play sports on Sunday. So I love the weekdays because <laughs> we could play with everybody, everybody, uh, and I, you know, Everybody is out there playing games. And so I, I think that improving the diversity is never a bad thing. And, and we need to acknowledge that there are problems. And, and it's low-hanging fruit by trying to improve the diversity in medical specialties and, and to help outcomes for, for America. So you mentioned a few solutions, and you're certainly doing your part by coming on this podcast and writing for Kevin MD and shining a light on these issues of biases. You mentioned increasing diversity as a way to solve this issue. What are some other things that we physicians can do to address some of the biases you talked about? Well, depends on what kind of environment you practice in. <laughs> if you want to call attention to it and it's not an environment that is agreeable and, and it's it's surprising even some of the most liberal areas this is problematic you know it it, it starts it, you know in if you're a provider it starts in medical school and keeping keeping everybody aware as as dr caper said and people on committees people who are your teachers it, it starts on a lot of different levels and, and you get role models from people sometimes who look like you or share the same interests as you. For me, because no one looked like me when I was a podiatry student and, and uh, still not too many teachers that look like me. Um, I aligned myself with people who had interests like me, like the docs, the podiatrists who were more interested in sports medicine. And so I think as a student, try to find people like that and role models like that and take opportunities for leadership and you know i've i've got a lot of rejection i'm getting even more rejection now that i'm shopping my mph projects around i mean i can't even get my own congresswoman to answer me who's in my backyard about my mph projects i had a congressman from ohio who happens to be a podiatrist as well i spent time with his staff in july and i i'm hoping to make more bridges with my MPH projects. They did discuss what the shortening of medical education in, in the doctor's caucus already, but I don't think they quite understood it. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to shop my stuff around. I mean, I still work in basically full time. Mm -hmm. And let's end off with some take home messages that you want to leave with the Kevin MD audience. Well, I think being aware of biases that we have, everybody has biases. So being aware of the biases and both conscious, unconscious, and what I call unconscious submission, 
So uh, I think that's important. I think it's important to realize if you're the only minority in the room and something's being discussed about your care, to be aware of that, protect yourself, document, get support. The PGJE is one group. And, and then when you're a decision maker, when you get a position, again, don't submit to unconscious submission. I, I think that you need to try to purposely change things and make it diverse, make it open, make it representative and call out these biases. I think that's important. It's sometimes difficult to do, but I, I think it's important. It's important for the future of American medicine because, you know, our healthcare system is broken on many levels. And to me, it's just low-hanging fruit to try to improve diversity. Maul, thank you so much for sharing your time and insight, and thanks again for coming on the show. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening to the podcast by Kevin MD. To share your story and appear on the show, visit kevinmd.com.